0: I'm Jess,
1: and I'm George, and I'm the Jesus friend, and I'm the lawyer friend,
0: and this is Trans-pantastic.
2: Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation,
3: and all the life that happens between them. So it's it's very nice not to have to do that anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but people know how to treat you, and it's it's funny that you're talking about the reaction. Like I said, I, I apparently must be doing it wrong because I get the women crossing the street. Thing.
2: No, but see, you told me that you also, one of the guys at work told you to stop talking to the, to the girls at the front desk. Yes, because I am oblivious.
3: You are, and they're going to think that they can marry up. So that was apparently what was in the works. And he said, dude, you need, you need to stop being... You're giving as, them the wrong idea? Exactly, is what he was telling me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and if I, you're not interested, you better not do that. And I was like, oh, oh, I, oh. I see it. Oh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just being normal, friendly, conversational.
0: The way that you had previously been socialized to interact with but, the front desk ladies. I should note
3: that these these were new front desk ladies who were actually younger than me for instead of old enough to be my mom, and they did not know me pre-transition.
0: So they just saw handsome guy with a good job and single and paying attention to me. Yep the hell is wrong with you, man?
2: (laughs) Oblivious, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) My work wife is aware that that I have some of the male privilege advantages that that she can utilize as well of, George, go do this thing that I am believed more.
0: Go tell such and such a group or such and such a person that this is happening because they won't believe me.
2: Or we have to go talk to our boss and so you tell her this because we need to tell her that. But if I tell her, it'll be a problem. But if you tell her, she'll be fine with it. Go tell this other worker this thing, because she'll be okay if you say it. Come with me to talk to this person, because you can stand there and I will be more credible, because you are standing there nodding your head. True fact. I believe it. Yep. She did threaten me that uh, when I first started uh, transitioning, that if I started making more money than her, she was going to be very angry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> which is funny because want make you have her angry. both previous no you do not want to make her <laughs> angry you have both previously gone for the same promotion and neither of you have gotten it and they always give it to the guy and so that was kind of a thing that you know you you are no longer going to attempt the same promotion or transfer that she tr- she knows
2: that I am not as competent at taking the like supervisor exams, which are mostly policy. I'm such crap at that. They're questions like, "If this employee does this, do you do A, B, C, or D, and or in what order do you do these things?" And I'm like,
0: "And there is a none of those sound
2: good to me." Policy <laughs>
0: about which one you are supposed to do according yes. to the agency.
2: Yes, and she can remember those types of rules and things. She's and- not a great rule follower. But she will make it look like she is. She knows the <laughs> which is true. This is true. So um so I know and she knows it too, I'm sure, that if we go for the same position, as long as I can pass that exam, I'm more likely to get the position. By far. It's the
1: by far part that it's is the by scary. Far. It's
2: scary. yeah. It is by and she knows it. But she's okay with it at this point because she's decided that she has more retirement savings than I do, and I need to have the pay grade increase.
0: The qualifications for the retirement plan are based on your income, and if you end with higher income, then you end with more retirement.
2: Yes, and since I have three kids and four kids, really, because... You did take one to the ER the other day.
0: I did take one to the I did take number zero to the ER the other day, yes. So we have four kids, but three
3: most of the time. Yes. And, and
0: two soon, two years.
3: <laughs> Sorry. But who's counting?
1: <laughs> that, but moms
0: uh, want to do things with their kids and dads want to be done with them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Then I'm still I, thinking I mean, about child
1: zero going to the um, ER.
0: Um Virus. No, she had care. the man flu. That's what I decided. <laughs> she totally had man
2: flu.
0: But continue. I'm sorry. She's Uh, decided that it's okay for you to have it.
2: She would prefer that I take the pain in the ass job and make a little more money so that I get my retirement increase because she doesn't have to worry about that. Right. I think that's her way of accepting that I'll get it anyway, but (laughs) that's fair. I don't know.
1: George, you were talking about how, um, you know, you're walking by and you might observe women adjusting their body position and those kinds of things. And they do that subconsciously but I hike with my dog up on the trails every day. And if I'm by myself and I encounter a woman approaching me, I have this very certain set of changes that I make to my body so that I'm not directly facing her. If I talk to her, I don't make eye contact. Um, if I talk to her, I, I, I keep it really brief just to make sure I want to communicate that I'm safe and friendly and not aggressive. But not interested either. Because when I am when I encounter out on the trail, out in a, in a vulnerable place like this, and a woman can't cross to the other side of the street because there's no other side, then I've noticed over and over again that people are nervous and scared. And so I now have very specific ways that I move my body, the way that I use my voice to try to set people at ease. And it kind of sucks.
3: That's That's interesting because I'm apparently doing it wrong because I get the reaction that people look like you said nervous, and maybe that's because until you do something to put them at ease, that's what they assume. And you are a tall guy, so they can see you coming from a ways away, and oh no, here is this big tall guy, and they start getting nervous. And until you get close enough to where, like you said, you can do something to put them at ease, then that's kind of the default reaction. And I, I've done that myself, mm-hmm. you know, before transition, I've been there, done that, mm-hmm. and so I, I get that. Too, I get that. I get why people are nervous. It's and it, like you said, it equally sucks to have to change your behavior to try to communicate that you're not
1: a threat. And then when I see women jogging up through the woods by themselves, my my automatic thought is, don't do that. Right? That's not safe.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's too bad that it's not safe because any guy can walk out his front door and go jogging wherever he wants to, mm-hmm. and but, a woman should think twice about it.
0: And it's horrible that a lot of our rape prevention Education is geared towards women telling them don't do that, it's not safe. And what they're really telling these women, I saw this the other day, they're not telling them prevent rape. They're telling them make sure he rapes the other girl.
3: Ew. The assumption being that it's inevitable, just don't let it be you. And that's the part, that's the assumption about men that, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's not to prevent rape and it's not telling men not to rape. No. And that's why there's that fear.
1: That's not good. No.
0: But it's the way our culture is currently structured around the topic.
1: And if we try to talk about it, people try
2: to shut it down. Uh-huh. Uh, about, about hiking and walking and stuff, one of the funny things that happen is if there's a woman walking by herself, but she has a dog, the dog gets really mad at me now. He can see me and smell me and he's like, oh no, you're a dude.
0: And I would wager mm-hmm. that He's not responding so much. The dog is not responding so much to your masculinity, but picking up on its female owners, imperceptible changes in their maybe not even behavior, possibly just the fear pheromones Mm -hmm. that they can just smell. My owner is not comfortable with this person. Yeah.
2: Her weariness, her, her caution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not male privilege, but that, that's kind of how we do. We we go on our topic and then we go.
0: Yeah, on that's the side okay. Of it and stuff. Well, and see, that's where like the MRAs again would say, "Oh, see, that's reverse sexism. Nobody should get angry at me for just walking down the street."
3: Huh. I mean, it, it's a difference in treatment, but it is privilege in the sense that we can walk down the street now and not and not feel that fear, and we're free to go, like you said, go jogging, go hiking, go do whatever we want by yeah. ourselves. You You and I are.
2: And women, cisgendered women, and and trans women are so not, and
1: especially trans women, Right. especially trans women, they are not.
3: Yes, and so that 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 is definitely a privilege that we enjoy and don't even think about half the time.
2: That is something that is odd about the privileges is you do get used to them. Even after all this time, I can get used to them. I can get used to walking out of the back of the building at work at night towards the car, wherever it might be parked in the dark somewhere, and not even worried about it. And some of the time I'm aware of that, but I'm not aware of it the whole time. Before walking out of the building, I would be aware the whole time, hyper aware, hyper aware, even after I got in the car, because it, it because it's such a strong anxiety in your body.
0: It is. Of, and of, if you're really paying attention, you're going to open your car door. You're going to make sure that the lights in your car are on and check your back seat before you sit down.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at that point, by the time I'd get in the car and I was, you know, safe, I still had that anxiety in my body. Mm-hmm. From the moment I was going to walk out the door until I got in the car. And now I'm just like, oh, I'm going out the door this is great.
0: And yeah. I, get home. Home yeah. I get to go
3: home now. Woo! I get to go home man. And you're thinking about what you're going to do when you get home or whatever. You're not thinking about... What is that shadow over there? Yeah. What's behind the shadow? And you know, what you mentioned is you, you start to to get used to it. And I actually had kind of an interesting experience the other day where I actually forgot my transition. And I didn't think that that would ever happen. And it used to be that I was... Because you know, I've lived here my whole life. And so there's a lot of people who know me pre-transition. And there's a lot of new firms that I have that did not know me pre-transition. And I would prefer that they didn't know about that. And I happen to be in a group of people that mostly did not know me before my transition.
0: So you were mostly stealth in this situation.
3: Yes. So I'm still mostly stealth. In most situations. In most yes. situations. So this was one of those situations where I was with a bunch of people that only have known me since my transition. And I ran into a couple who had known me since I was a little kid and I walked right up to them and I said, hey, how's it going? It's good to see you guys, blah, blah, blah. And I would never, I would have been terrified early in my transition to see somebody afraid that I would accidentally get outed somehow.
0: And you totally forgot that that and was I even to- a thing that could I happen. totally
3: forgot that it was even a thing. And that blows my mind now
0: how did they respond um, now that's what i'm curious
3: about they didn't out me in any way obviously they said oh hey it's we're things are going good you know how are you just totally normal nice i mean they were i think a little shocked at first honestly wait a Uh, second what's going on here yeah (laughs) but it was also at a halloween party so that helped there was a little bit of (laughs) so that eased the awkwardness because it makes it easy to say oh we didn't recognize you at first Mm -hmm. have you ever
1: approached someone that informally knew you pretty well that just simply didn't recognize you now you know i don't think
3: i don't think so i think everybody's been able to been able to still recognize me which is sometimes it would be a lot easier sometimes if they wouldn't (laughs) uh, because there are a lot of people who knew me before my transition there's that but uh but yeah so that was so it is possible that to apparently i didn't think it was but apparently it is to forget your transition altogether. But so I've been hanging out with a lot of cis guys, um, a lot of people who have only known me since my transition. And I start, I don't necessarily say things, but I catch myself thinking things where I'm like, oh my God, really? You're you're such an asshole. Like you never (laughs) used to, or maybe I never-
0: This is yourself caught calling yourself an asshole. Right.
3: I never used to catch, maybe I thought it before and I never caught myself, but Somehow, I doubt if I ever thought those things before. And I don't know that they're necessarily, you know, sexist things or if it's something that you get as this idea of getting used to the privilege and sort of internalizing it to where you don't even realize you're taking advantage of it or that you have it.
2: It makes me understand why guys can't see that. Yeah. You know, cis guys who have grown up with all the privileges that they have can't see it and can't figure out what's going on. It seems to be such a big deal. Right. Even while they're doing it.
0: And why, when I said you had grown man tact, you sort of side-eyed me and checked it out with your work wife before you really completely accepted it. When you
2: said it, I thought, hmm, am I in trouble?
0: (laughs) If you were in trouble, I would tell you you're in trouble.
2: (laughs) I don't seem to be in trouble. I think I've said the wrong thing, but I don't care, so,
0: hmm. And there's the man tact again. Exactly. You don't have to care. I don't have to care, and I really like it. I'm sorry you it's like it pleasure. one of these days it is going to get you in trouble, and I, you'll be uh, sleeping uh, on the couch.
2: It'll get me in trouble, I'm sure.
3: Lots of things will.
0: So, yeah. uh, what else is new?
3: <laughs> I'll just throw one other thing out there that I've noticed in terms of at least being a lawyer, anyway. And now it's a little bit different because I'm in private practice. I used to work for a government agency, uh, but. Now that I'm in private practice, I see a lot of, a lot of new people. I used to kind of deal with the same people over and over again. And now I see a lot of new people and it's hard to say because I wasn't in private practice before as a female. But you know, you interact with people and other lawyers and all of that. And I get the impression that clients are still, this is maybe just more of a bias thing much more comfortable in a way with a male lawyer they are assuming your competency they assume your competency and they also assume and expect that other people will assume your competency and will there's and there's still this kind of mentality that your lawyer is supposed to be you know your knight in shining armor who's going to protect you and fight on your behalf and that so there's still that perception anyway mm-hmm. within the profession or how people view the profession in some ways. You
0: are expected um, to behave in a somewhat aggressive fashion. And right. as a woman that is perceived as bitchy or brash or abrasive.
3: And not acceptable. And and
0: so previously when you were working as a female in government employ, your competency was vouched for by the fact that the government hired you. How that works, I'm still not quite sure because I know we've all here worked for government but well I, same
2: way it works you're a man so now you're competent
0: same way
3: fuck it, well, which you know, is
0: funny because most of the men I know are not as competent as the women
3: well the thing is they don't have to be they don't, they they don't. Can, they're allowed to slide and the women have to be and that's honestly I mean I, I worked my tail off I absolutely worked my tail off and that's how I got but I I had to because you can't you can't let it slide for a second. You know, I mean, pre-transition. You
0: have to prove thing. your worth as a female professional. As a male professional, your worth is assumed. But as a female professional, you have to prove your worth and you have to continue proving your worth.
1: That's one of the worst features of male privilege, isn't it? For In the work world, anyway. Professionally, that, yes. The professional competence is assumed for a male, but a woman always has to work for it. Yeah. And like
3: just said, you have to continue to work for it. It's not like you can do one or two things to where people say, okay, yeah, you know, you know your stuff, you're fine, we're going to let you go. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that, that that was kind of an interesting thing, especially, like I said, because I'm new to, to private practice, I'm taking advantage of that privilege, I guess, to a certain extent that people automatically assume that you're competent and you're good to go.
2: There's not many ways to reject it, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you you
3: have it when we're, I, I suppose I could act incompetently and see if people still are my clients, but that's, that's not good for the no, long term. Yeah, no. not good for the bank account, but um, it is definitely a different thing. That's for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, if you if you aimed it at, at it and were terribly incompetent, then eventually somebody would say, that guy's a real joker, you know,
3: move on yeah. to somebody else, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell my other funny story just because I, th- I like it. And <laughs> tell us a funny story. Like you mentioned, it's a big deal to be from here. That still gets you... You were part of the old boys club even before you were an old boy. Exactly. I truly was because I was from here. I was born here, blah, blah, blah. And so it only got worse when I transitioned. That, that gets you all kinds of doors opened here still. That won't always be the case as you know time goes on. But anyway, I was at a hearing with two male attorneys who both happened to know me before my transition. And this goes back to the working my rear off to try and prove myself. And they knew me and I think respected me before my transition, this was post transition. We had a hearing, and there was a female attorney from out of town who was on the other side. So now, now we're yeah, now
2: we're post transition. Now attention.
3: we're post okay. transition, and she didn't know me prior transition. And we get done with the hearing, and we won, and she lost. And we we're standing in the hallway, and I can't remember her exact phrase, but she says to all three of us, she says. And I get how it is. And I see how these things happen and that I'll never be a member of the boys' club. But I can't remember what she said because I was too busy laughing. She
0: was being frustrated by the fact that she felt that your participation in the boys' club contributed to you winning this case. Right. And And understandably so because that is such a terribly common thing.
3: But meanwhile,
0: you're standing there with these two guys who have known
3: you since before you were in the boys club. right? And this was early on in my transition. This was very early in my transition, which made it all the more so the, it was just like it was like a sitcom mm-hmm. you know if, if you knew the situation it look, was standing there looking at you so they're <laughs> standing there looking at me and I'm sitting there looking at them and we're all starting to just You're try not to not bust not up to laughing, laugh at this which woman. made us look like the biggest assholes no. <laughs> on earth to yes. this poor oh, now because yes. she was probably yeah, you know understandably, understandably
0: frustrated off. with the, the situation but in
3: our local she didn't know the backstory, yeah, which no. made us all we were all about to just oh. roll on the floor laughing about it and mm-hmm. it's uh so yeah so that that was it was amusing to me it it, it was not amusing for her and like i said we've, we've just made ourselves look like so much bigger jerks <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, internal yeah
0: joke well and there. that's the thing you know not only is there this understanding of assumed competency but women see the assumed competency right. and occasionally call it out and occasionally just feel so terribly frustrated by it and understandably well, I, I, so.
3: I felt that way myself before my transition. And that's what at the time it was amusing in this particular situation, but because it wasn't yeah. the case, because right. it
0: hadn't been the case before. Yes. And so, you know, we get tired, female presenting people, we get tired of being seen as less than and not having our competency assumed to the same level. And so, yes, that can result in some assumption that you are. Slacking and having your competency assumed Right People also assume that you're in on the hyper masculinity though too Like speaking of the not conscious changes in perceptions Your dad went on a vacation
3: (laughs) That's right I forgot about that That was, and this really surprised me because my dad was one of the people who had the biggest trouble with my transition coming to terms with it. And so this was just a year or so ago. He went on a vacation to Florida with my mom and they just happened to be there during spring break. Oh gosh. Right. So I went and I picked them up at the airport and we stopped to get a burger or something on the way home. And mom's out in front of us in the parking lot because she's in a hurry or something And he talks to me and he kind of lowers his voice, which is kind of weird for dad because he's usually, he's loud. And he's like, you know, we went to the beach and it was really nice. But your mom, she kept being like, you know these People should put on sunscreen, or can you believe what she's wearing and blah? Or no, it wasn't even that. It was look at all these people who are massively overweight because she's, she's a nurse and she used to do all this stuff with obesity public health and, and yeah. public health and all of that. So she was appalled at basically all the fat people at the beach. And <laughs> dad says, Nope, I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> and he's got it, and, and he would have never said that. To me, ever before,
0: and um, right. he's implying
3: at this point and that he was noticing all of the he was noticing all girls the spring gone break.
0: wild, spring great right. girls, right. Yep. Yeah.
3: So uh, my dad is very conservative and he's very reserved. So the fact that he said that at all to me is uh, it kind of blew my mind, honestly. And mm-hmm. but so he's finally he's finally come to terms with it. Ah, apparently, yeah. apparently. So, apparently. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and that happened to George too when you had a situation where a guy just sort of. Starts talking to you about these things, Mm -hmm. these you know, the the assumption that you will have this understanding of sex as a man. And have the same opinion. And have, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And so he's complaining about trouble with his wife and things are not going well, apparently, including their sex life. And she, she has some back problems and she says, well, that's fine if you leave, you'll just go lose that weight at the gym right away because... Guys always lose weight right away and get a girlfriend. And, and he says, yeah, and you'll remember how to suck dick again. And I'm just standing there like, well, I guess these are the conversations that guys have when they don't realize who they're talking to, you know, <laughs> because I understand what he's saying, but I'm thinking, well, I, I could tell you a lot of other ways to deal with that because I'm a therapist, but <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, crazy
2: to that me. Yeah, that people will say. But yeah, definitely with your dad.
3: Yeah, that was. That's
2: one of those transitional moments in in your transition. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be slightly
0: the, redundant. But yeah, uh,
2: it is. And I've had that happen at work where there's a guy who's at the main desk when you come in. He's kind of the
0: the kind of the sec- security
2: guy. Yeah. So he sees everybody who comes in, and for a while I was on that. You know, closer to where he he is. My office was closer to that area. And he would come in and talk to us. And he comes in to talk to us when my work wife has stepped out and would tell me things that he wouldn't tell her.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And they weren't, you know, about who it was or wasn't sucking somebody's dick necessarily, but they were just things in general that he would disclose to me as another guy that he wasn't going to talk to the women about.
3: And you know, that's actually, that is another aspect of the privilege that I've, that I have come to realize. and. That is the sort of men do act differently when they're only around other men. Mm-hmm. And part of the privilege is sharing information that they won't share with women. And especially in the in the workplace, obviously, is the, the place where that most adversely affects women is because they, they literally are not in the loop on everything that's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: And meanwhile, I'm sitting over here thinking, okay, so like, for example, what are some of the things that your security guy would tell you that he wouldn't tell your work? What Give a solid example for right, those right. of us who are not in the loop and are not nodding their heads, just like these two over here, like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, well.
2: I'm sure I told you at the time. I don't remember. Okay. But there were interactions that were going on or something that had happened like uh, somebody is going to be disciplined or some interaction that happened involving the law enforcement or something like that that he knew about and wasn't supposed to be telling anybody.
3: Mm. But he
2: knew he could talk to me. Mm -hmm. And as my former supervisor and Jesus friend here knows, I don't talk. No,
1: (laughs) No. you don't. I I don't
2: gossip. I'm not telling anybody what anybody said, except I will come home and tell my wife. Hey, so and so said
1: this today, and I thought it was odd because he waited till the ladies all left the room. I can't say why men do that. I was nodding my head during the stories. You I, you
0: acknowledge that it happens, but you can't come up with a reason why.
1: Yeah, that men. I I know that that's true. That men share information with other men that they don't share with women, but there's no. I can't think of a reason for it.
2: I, I think the, the the security guy's reasoning in part is to do with he knows I'm not going to gossip. Women and he figures those are women talkers. are all gonna gossip. Jess and I know that because when I was still home after my chest surgery and waiting for them to give me clearance to come back to work.
0: At which point you were going to formally transition on the job.
2: I was waiting for stupid administrative things to be happening, which we've podcasted about in length. Mm-hmm. Go back to
0: episode number
2: 2013 in August. I'll I'll put it.
0: I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay.
2: And at that time, some of the ladies were having a go out and have drinks thing for work people.
0: And you were still included in this ladies No, no, no. I
2: wasn't included with ladies. I was included because I was in their group. There were the guys there were cops, the other guys there. And then these women get together when this one woman who used to work with them and now works in another bigger town, would come to visit and they would go to the one of these sports bars over here and have drinks and hang out and chalk. And so I said to Jess, well,
0: I've just had top surgery and I those, look like a dude.
2: Those and- friends are, are coming to town and uh, they might not be letting me go back to work because they're getting themselves sorted out there. But um, we'll go to this get together. The whole agency will know what's going on in no time. <laughs> yep, because and all that those was the women thing, will all talk.
0: the all the women had been talking already, and that came to light when yeah. we were sitting so, there. They were like, "Oh, I wonder where George is at. I wonder where he went. Yeah, I wonder. You know, these are the things that everyone asks every time someone is out on quote admin leave. Right? They're going to ask, "Oh, I wonder if they did something wrong. They were glad and I to wonder see if me. they got a sex change. Those are the two things uh, that everybody yes. asks. So that's
2: what they said when when I got there
0: is he out on discipline or is he out for a sex change? And yeah. you said, oh yeah,
2: this one. And so, and one of them who's really much more emotional, she said, I kept saying to your work wife, just tell me where she is. She's not dying, is she? You know, like she's just very emotional. Mm-hmm. And, and she couldn't tell me, but she just would say, that you were fine and not to worry about it.
0: <coughs> so, because <laughs> your work wife, knew but what was we going intentionally
2: on. went to this get together just to
3: spread the gossip.
2: Because I knew as soon as I got there, it would all be taken care of, and I wanted to kind of give both middle fingers to the admin because they were taking so long to let me come back to work.
3: Right. So that that might be underlying part of it. Yeah. I, I do have to say, for the record, that the two biggest gossips I know that I've ever met are both men
0: yeah it's but, not strictly a female thing but it is a stereotypically female thing Right, but,
3: but you'll know who the gossips are just like you said you'll you'll know the, yeah oh many. I know absolutely yeah, if you know I want everybody to know something those I tell those guys because they're and that's they're why we went else, to that but, thing because we knew those particular women
2: and, right. and where I work is mostly women so you're going to mm-hmm. have that chance that there's going to be a woman mm-hmm. there but I knew that those ones they all have their friends that they talk to there
3: I think that that might be part of the underlying assumption of because you asked what you know why do men do that
1: I think it has something to do with power I think that, that I think that's what it is too and men want to maintain power over women honestly. knowledge is power uh-huh. yep and by keeping that information close is one way mm-hmm. to do that's it. that's why
2: no one's telling you as a 12 year old girl here's how you Park the horse trailer, right? Unless
3: they are conscious of of the reasoning, mm-hmm. and that's that's just one of those. It's it's also a stereotypical role thing. But if the stereotype is that women shouldn't be in management or they shouldn't be lawyers or they shouldn't be whatever, you know, and you're trying to keep that from them, then keeping the information from them is one way of doing that. And sometimes I have to admit, at least with certain a certain group that I hang out with, it is who's sucking whose dick.
1: Yeah, right? there
0: so is that.
3: That is part of it sometimes. But mm-hmm. that's usually not,
0: it's, and it's that's usually
3: not pertinent.
0: The thing, it's but, funny to me that it's not the sexual information. It's not the, the information is not gendered in a lot of cases.
3: Well, that's the thing is the sexual information is almost an excuse to wait to tell you about other things until the women have left. Oh yeah. Well, now that she's gone, I can tell you, let me tell you who's been fucking who. Mm-hmm. And oh, and by the way, this other client wants to do X, Y, Z. Oh, okay. That's the important part mm-hmm. of the conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a power thing. I mean, to be honest, that, I can't give specifics, obviously, in the example, but that example, has, it's only happened once that I can remember for, for certain. But um, the fact that I can remember a particular instance is uh, is kind of striking now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Because it means that it's probably happened before that I didn't even notice.
0: Oh, I'm certain it's happened before and you didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, I don't notice <laughs> You don't. But at least you acknowledge it.
2: So, So good conversations.
0: Yeah. Gender is weird. I still don't like get all of it. Like It is. Well,
3: that's what's kind of, I don't know how you felt, George, but I wonder when we were talking about doing this podcast, I'm like, well, who am I qualified to talk about any of this? Because I was oblivious to half of it, even pre-transition. Because I, I mean, I was obviously keyed into the differences in treatment because that was obvious post-transition especially, but I already saw myself as a guy. And so sometimes there was a conflict between how I thought I ought to be treated and how I was actually being treated. But I always felt, I guess, entitled to be treated Mm -hmm. that way. That's your word. But I wasn't. And sometimes being as oblivious as I am, sometimes I maybe wasn't as aware as... As tactful as you might have should have been. Or or maybe I was not aware that I wasn't, that things weren't happening because people saw me as female, Mm -hmm. which I I didn't, I have always, I've never felt like I was discriminated against because I was female. And, And part of that might be because I didn't see myself as female. So that couldn't have been the cause. I must have messed something up or there must have been something else. I never thought that that was a reason because i never saw myself as female in the first place
2: well uh, but i think a lot of women are aware of it like the one who was mad at you and the boys club
0: and see she
2: was very aware she was
0: very aware but she was also she also saw herself as female Mm -hmm. whereas like i said earlier i don't see myself as female i don't see myself as male i didn't see a lot of these things as gendered i just saw them as effed up Right. And I'm this a is a
3: person. What are you? I am, a, I, yeah. am,
0: I am a human being. I deserve the same rights as he does. What the hell are you doing to me now? And I didn't realize that the difference was he gets those rights and I get different treatment because I am not he. So like you said, you know, you don't see a lot of these things as gendered until something happens like transition to point it out.
3: These perspectives are fascinating because we've got four of us in the room here, very different experiences. And the 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 Jesus
0: friend is just over there like, oh, this makes me sad. Well,
1: I came from a job previously, before I worked in this agency where George works with mostly women, I, I worked in this um, agency previously where I was a clinical team leader. When I was in a meeting, people listened, and when I gave my opinion about a direction we should go, it was usually what would happen. And my view at that time was because I was the clinical team leader, and I was listened to because I had expertise in my view. Then I make this transition where I'm now a mental health manager in an agency that is responsible for lots of other things besides mental health. But I'm, because of my position, I'm often in these meetings where we're discussing things that have nothing to do with mental health. And I was constantly shocked. I would be in these meetings, you know, a room full of women. And I would start talking and everyone would stop talking. Their heads would turn toward me. And then the direction of the conversation would change based on what I said. But I had no competence in that field. And it was such a strange feeling to me to be given all this credibility just because I had a dick. Yep.
0: (laughs) That's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) That,
1: That sums
2: it up.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it.
2: I think that's it.
0: I think that's it, too. And, damn dog. It's just this old man. I know.
2: He's not squeaking at us
3: yet.
0: He's not squeaking at us yet.
3: Yeah. Looks like his eyes are about to fall out of his head.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's another story entirely. But when he settles down, I'll finish that statement and we can move on to somebody who's not me. Can I go get a beer while the dog's? Yes, you can go get a beer while the dog is going. If anybody else needs a drink or a bathroom break now, would be a perfect time to take it. Because I will remember
3: what I'm saying. All
2: right. Don't you like how Jess doesn't have to look at the microphone because she's
0: loud enough?
3: The rest yeah. of us are, like, <laughs> too quiet. She's much louder than any of the rest of us. She
0: I am. Is. I am. But I have um, computer tricks that even out some of those volume differences.
3: That's good because otherwise, it would, you know, I was glad to kind of see the process because listening to your guys' podcast, it, it sounds very professional, but I guess I didn't realize all That's that goes into making it fun. At least he would totally just
2: get up start following me and then I have to come back. And
3: get mm-hmm. and down again. My mom's dog used to do that. Mom goes to the bathroom and she has a complete meltdown. And she normally wasn't like that. She wasn't like yeah, one of those real anxious right dogs. But mom went to the bathroom and she thought, oh my God, she's going to fall in. Something's going to happen.
1: <laughs> I well, she,
3: she was a lab, so she might have heard the water and been like...
1: Our yeah. dog is kind of my dog, you know, and doesn't yeah. give my wife the time of day until, <laughs> the, until the grandkids come over. Oh, really? And all of a sudden, my dog is up like, pet me, pet me to her. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. That is oh. funny.
0: Okay, are we all settled?
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> shameless? Yes. <laughs> he
0: totally is. Dog is totally shameless. For reference, if you have cause to reference them while re-recording, that one is Doggy C because we used to have A, B, and C. Uh-huh. And this one is Bob the Dog because we didn't think we were going to be keeping him.
3: Bob the Dog. Bob the Dog.
0: Yes. So, okay, I think we're winding down. Is we, there anything else to be said?
2: He, he might need to go to sleep over here.
0: <laughs> keeping him up late. We are keeping him up late. What it?
2: time is it? I don't know.
0: Um, It is almost, almost 10. 10. Yes.
1: It's getting to be Past your bedtime? Bed.
0: <laughs> you going to turn into a pumpkin?
1: No, I'll be fine. Okay. Okay.